Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. We've all recovered from the heavy partying after our anniversary last week. I'm the Professor and my co-hosts are the DJ. Hey guys. Who is more robot this week than last week. And Bucky. Hello. Oh my head. Wow, how much did we party that night? We didn't party that hard. We're just a bunch of boring nerds. Nerds don't know how to party. And your head always looks that weird. I swear that we had we had a, we had a good time. You shouldn't swear. That... It's bad. It's naughty. <laughs> it's fine but it was such a good time. Such a good time. And there he goes, everybody again. I think he's uh, shorted out. Uh, oh. uh, uh, right, let me just fix up my vocals. Uh, yep, it's getting fixed. <sighs> and that was a good. That was a good party. <laughs> Every time he tries to lie about the party, he cuts out. We we put a we put a truth factor into his algorithms. Whenever he lies, he's gonna cut out. <laughs> so instead of growing a, instead of Pinocchio growing a long nose, I'm gonna be cut out. Yeah. <laughs> so because even then your laugh was a bit funny because it was a false laugh and it cut out. Oh man! But that was good. That was that was good last uh, that last week. That was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was All great that... being together in one place recording, even though the audio is a bit wonky. Yeah, and I regret that I didn't um, take a Nerf gun in with me, just so I could yeah. shoot the D- just so I could the DJ. Although this week there's two special events have occurred this week. Th- this week alone, though, have they? Oh yes, we've got Bucky's birthday that happened yesterday. Apparently, he didn't tell me it was his birthday. Oh, uh, he told me. No, I didn't. Yes, he did. No, I didn't. See, so you cut out. You're lying. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Buck. So where's my birthday present then? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You have to be patient. Do we need to add another box of donuts to that? Uh, to your tab? I think the donut. I, I think that it's it's either that or the fish and chips. Well, he is. Well, he's he's made mistakes where we just so the listeners understand what's going on here. If you haven't listened to all previous fifty three episodes of us, the the DJs turned around at different times, and we've had discussions about things, and we've had a bet where if he's wrong, he's got to buy us fish and chips. If I'm wrong, I got to buy him KFC or whatever. So far, I haven't had to buy him KFC. <laughs> he owes what? me he he owes me um. Fish and chips at least twice, I think it is now. Yeah, I think I, I think it's and once. And I tagged him in on a post on um, Facebook where he owes me two boxes of um, a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Yep. Anyway, uh, let's get going with the first topic for tonight, which is from Bucky talking about the World Science Festival. Yes, um, the World Science Festival in Brisbane for 2019 is coming and i'm actually quite excited because i came across this looking through a few bits and pieces and there's just so much happening it's just phenomenal (coughs) like it's just absolutely insane yeah i'm looking through the schedule here and i wish i could go to all the talks there's one here that looks really good about uh, a discussion about bringing back extinct animals Mm mm-hmm which we've sh- they've got to be careful because there are literally movies talking about how bad an idea it is to bring back certain creatures. Yeah, and uh, a couple that are more relevant to the uh, the world at the moment. There's one here about feeding the world with a population of ten billion, mm-hmm. and a couple of talks about the Great Barrier Reef and Antarctica. Yes. Which I hope is still frozen by the time I qualify for the Antarctic Division. Um, honestly, I'm looking through the like, all the different bits and pieces, and yeah, it goes from the 20th to the 24th of March. Um, it's been run by the Queensland Museum. Uh, they've got, we are talking just before, they've got a special present live performance presentation of... Uh, what was the movie again? Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they're actually going to have the orchestra playing live for people. Um, there's literally just there's so much 
happening that is just mind-blowing. They've got the um, Queensland Women in STEM prize winners being announced. What, what, what do you find interesting in this, DJ? You're very quiet there. I'm, in, I'm at awe with the guest list so far, as in uh, the, the scientist, scientist, uh, Science Tasia um, address, which, will be, which is done by uh, Tom Flannery and John Doyle, which, is, which will be pretty cool to look at. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tim Flannery, I mean, my mistake. Yeah, Tim Fl- um, Flannery seems like a pretty cool guy from where I've seen him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the um, Farewell Cassini. <coughs> I look back at the mission to Saturn. So uh, there's just, they've got street science out there to help, make, help people see that science is cool. So which um so which debate are you going to go to? Would you personally would you want to go to personally? Um, I'd love to go see the women in STEM prize winners being announced, <laughs> just because I like to encourage women to be in science. Um, some of the greatest scientists we've ever had in history have been women, so need to just encourage that sort of stuff to continue. Oh, nice. I promise it's not because Bucky's a sleaze bag looking for any opportunity to be around a woman. <laughs> well, but, but as a sapiophile, I do admit that I do find it quite interesting to be in a room with a bunch of extremely intelligent ladies. But Bucky's Valentine's Day wish being be around intelligent women. Good dream. Mate, that's not just Valentine's Day. That's just my daily desire is to be able to sit and have intelligent conversation with people. Nice, nice. Um, the other, actually, one of the other interesting ones I'd love to go and see would be they got pandemics and epidemics preparing for the ultimate travel bug on the 22nd of March. I reckon that'd be an interesting one to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It actually, uh, a lot of these look like they're related to apocalypses. We've got everyone starving because there's no food, global warming, uh, super plagues, cheerful. Well, yeah. I think that's the central. Th- I, th- I think that's the central theme of the um, science festival. And not to mention, there is the innovation by design talk. I'm, I'm actually interested in that one. To be honest. Well, they've also got the let's talk tarantulas. So if I wasn't arachnophobic, I'd probably um, enjoy that one. And I give have Godzilla there to protect you from the spiders. <laughs> Especially if he's been radiated. Um, they've got the particle wave where science and art collide. That's actually looking like it could be interesting. And if you're in Townsville, you can go and hang out with Dr. Carl. Is he yeah. going to be there? I have no idea what you said, but yes, he's going to be in Townsville for this science festival. Because uh, I found a link to the full program, which has stuff at uh, Townsville, Gladstone. It's uh, all over Queensland, it looks like. So mm-hmm. get out there and see it. Actually, I'm still impressed um, looking at the NASA mission, revealing the speed of solar wind stripping the Martian atmosphere, which is part of this. So I'd actually I'd love to go see the Marvin maven whatever it's called talk just to see some of the data and see what's happening there yeah which, which talk would you want to go to um professor um well i wouldn't mind seeing the one about uh bringing animals back from extinction mm-hmm. um that's cool they're uh showing the cowboy bebop movie there's actually they've actually got a number of movies like there's the cowboy bebop um uh, what is, what's the can't remember all of them now. There was, I was actually uh, got looking... Total Recall, The Dish. The Dish is a the, classic. That's the original Total Recall for people as well, just so you're aware. As in the Arnie Schwarzenegger one? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, bugs. That, that'd be a good one, um, especially the recent news about huge catastrophic drops in bug populations. Mm-hmm. On one hand, you don't need to scrape them off your windscreen. On the other hand, we all die. Hmm. Oh, they've got Barbarella. Yes. Such a ridiculous movie. Oh, yes. It, it is. <laughs> um, <coughs> I, I'm, I'm just blown away about how much fun and 
pretty cool stuff is happening here. Oh, actually, for those people in Toowoomba or who are interested in going up there, from Australia to the world, the Lost Apollo moments. They're showing, they're showing some very interesting movies. I'm seeing a Cowboy Bebop movie in here. I've just been talking about that. Right. <laughs> They've also got oh, Wallace and Gromit, a grand day out. Wow, why do they have to be doing all of these things during the week? All the ones I want to see are during the week when I have work. Um, I don't know. They've got NASA's Project Mars winning films. <coughs> I think I'm just going to be living at Goma for a few days there. I can see it now. Buck is getting getting ready his uh, um, camp his camp gear and, and um, waiting, <coughs> trying to find a good location to camp near the um, near Goma. Oh, they're going to have um, Solaris. Yes, I've only seen the um, the George Clooney version, but I want to see the original. Mm. Who's the guy who made those movies? Uh, Tarkovsky. I love his uh, other one, Stalker. So. Mm. Oh, hang on. Night at the museum on the 23rd. Explore the museum as the sun goes down at our nighttime adventure for our smallest visitors. You'll fit right in, DJ. <laughs> Do you think I might stand out? Yeah. Darn. Oh, hang on. Here we go. Brain food breakfast, an army of perfect soldiers. There is literally so many amazingly fun things in this that if you can't find something to do, then there's something wrong with you. They're even going to be in Chinchilla. Yeah, there's some dinosaur digs out that way. Yeah, but they're doing... Like, they've got... Um, Street science and cool jobs and pioneers in science. They're going to have Professor Adele Green. I might have to go out to Chinchilla. <laughs> it's going to, I have to hike. I'll get, I'll, I'll get a speeding ticket going from Goma out to Chinchilla. Just so I don't miss it. It's a long way. But it'll be worth the drive. While you're out there, you can go see the dinosaur digs. See if I know anyone. Because <laughs> apparently I'm old, according to the DJ. <laughs> Right, so uh, well, move it on to the next topic, which is the Activision job cuts. Activision has decided that despite record profits, they're going to cut hundreds of jobs. They, um, it's, I don't, I admit I don't fully understand big businesses like this, but it's just crazy that the other day the um, CEO came out and said we had the best profits ever. And uh. now they're just going to go and fire a bunch of employees. Yeah, so that they can um, reduce the costs in to as a way of improving performance, so that the board of directors and the upper <coughs> level executives get maximum bonus. Of course, because they're not actually improving performance and output; they're just sacking people so that that division is. Apparently, costing less money. I actually looked at this at university, and they were saying, "Oh, had an argument." And yeah, sorry, DJ, you were going to say, "Hey there, DJ, we lost you." I, th- I think it's more of the um, they they were saying that tr- they the Activision was transitioning. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. The sorry, you disappeared on me. Yeah, then. you're cutting out badly again. Although, um, despite their record profits. I can't really think of any Activision games I've played recently. I don't know the last time I played an Activision game. Do you remember, Bucky? Um, last Activision game I played was Diablo, but that was the War Chest back in the day. Like I haven't played anything since that I can put a finger to. Okay. Oh, no, there's... Actually, sorry, I tell a lie. Um... There's Warcraft. Uh, that classic. And that's recently been given a reboot, so hopefully that'll help improve things. Yeah, did you see the movie of that a few years back? I did. I feel like they wasted um, Duncan Jones on it, because if you watch that, it's just a fairly bog-standard fantasy movie. But then you go and watch the rest of Duncan's stuff, and it's incredible sci-fi. I just wish they'd actually followed more in line with the actual story of Warcraft. 
instead of coming up with some other weird thing that was kind of half-hearted adaption of the story. So um, I pulled up the list of Activision games here, and the last one I played was Crash Bandicoot, uh, the remaster. Okay. And that was on the Switch. So since then, it looks like they've released, um, specifically since the Switch release, they've had Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and the Crash Team Racing um, re-release, which I don't think is out yet. Okay. Well, I have to say, I have played Call of Duty, not the, well, Special Ops and all that sort of stuff. I haven't played them. I, I have played Warcraft since I last played those. Um, yeah. I, might, I might have played other games. I'd have to look at the list. They're just one of the, I haven't really noticed them for a while. Although it's interesting. Um, they're talking about how Activision and so, some of these companies are stumbling and suffering, and they're saying EA shares fell 13% on Wednesday. It says they rebounded, though. Yeah. But still. Apex Legends must be helping that. Yeah, they're going to stuff something up somewhere. Yep. But a 13% drop. That is pretty significant. Well, that's, that's because that's... of... Oh, Sorry, oh. you don't say? Yeah, but that's because of all the stuff that's happened in previous games, such as Battlefield Five. Um, yeah. Oh, we, we, I don't. I don't doubt that. I'm just saying that's that's so significant. That's like being kicked in the family jewels by a horse. Oh yeah, yeah. A thirty thirteen percent drop in shares <laughs> for a company is just that, that's massive. Yeah, I agree. That's that's grounds for having an emergency shareholders meeting to sack the CEO and all the other board of directors and get children out of kindergarten to come in and take over. Can we sack anyone as EA who's pushing for loot boxes? Well, if you're, if you're a shareholder who only owns one sheet and you go to their general meeting, you can actually call for a vote of no confidence in the board of directors. And I, like I'm not 100% sure of the um, company... So do you have to only own one share? I think it's a matter... I'd have to check the company bylaws, but generally it's... If you if you own at least one share, you can go and call for a, oh, a right. confidence. I misunderstood you. I thought you meant that you had to have all of your share purchases in EA. No, yeah. As long as you own at least one share in EA, you can yeah. go to the annual general meeting and... You, you, I'd have to check all the company bylaws, but you can propose a vote of no confidence normally if you're a shareholder in a company. Hello and welcome to No Finance. <laughs> so, if if you, anyone out there is listening and you own a share in EA, um, at the next general meeting, can you call a vote of no confidence? Like this, seriously, there's like a daycare sat down the road where they've got a bunch of three-year-olds that are probably smarter than the bunch of morons that are running the company at the moment. What's hey, interesting, it's not fair to uh, underestimate three-year-olds that much. Yeah, it is a bit of an but, insult um, to gu- three-year-olds to put them in the same category as the lunatics that are destroying EA. But uh, guys, what really can what's really interesting is with the job losses, is with the recent news that uh, King's, King Seattle Studio is um, shutting down and this is the studio that's behind Candy Crush. Oh, um, I mean, I'm kind of happy about that because King is a, um, from what I've heard, it's not a very pleasant place to work, and their their games are so predatory with loot boxes and microtransactions mm-hmm. and just pumping out the same game over and over again with a different skin. What's well, yeah, that, that? That's ultimately the style of mobile phone games. Oh, oh so the... Uh, Really dodgy crap about trying to copyright the word saga. Yeah. I uh, you were gonna... Anyone who tries to do that sort of stuff should just be shot just because they're, they're wasting gravity and stealing oxygen. Okay, no, here's no, a question. Let, let people take up the rest of the gravity because then I'll weigh less when I get on the scales. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't uh, work that way, but the, these idiots, the, these sorts of idiots, they're, they shouldn't be allowed to be. I have a question for you guys. So with what's happening with Activision and Blizzard, are we seeing a fall 
Uh, yeah, sell all your shares, put them all into SpaceX, and <laughs> uh, go live on your private yacht. <laughs> None of my financial advice is recommended. <laughs> uh, look, I, honestly, I reckon, um, yeah. the gaming developing ga- gaming developers are constantly in massive fluctuations where there's massive numbers of people being sacked at regular times. If you go look back through the history of the industry, there's different companies just at different times. They just go through and they just they get bloated with the, the number of people they've got employed. And then you go through and they just have they have to cull a certain number of staff just because they've just got too many people that are just not doing enough. And it's not just it's the same with every industry. You'll go through and companies will just get bloated with the number of staff they've got that they don't actually need. So they get rid of an X number of employees just to make it so that people are hungry and it's streamlined and there's less confusion. And it cuts down all the little inter office politics that seems to creep up in larger companies. So yeah. Plus it's also the fact that the board of directors are chasing a bigger bonus for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, let's wrap this topic up with a positive note. I have seen tweets from other developers saying that they've got an open call for any former Activision employee to apply. Mm, I can't cool. remember who it was I saw today, but someone's doing it. <coughs> so I hope all the people being laid off don't have too much trouble finding a new, uh, new job. And while you're dance- looking for a job, come up with an independent game. Yeah, with so... No loop- I was going to say with no loot boxes. Yeah, (laughs) no loot boxes. Yeah, it's a bit of a deep topic because games haven't gone up in price, so they're putting loot boxes in to try to be actually profitable, but that's a different topic for a different day. Yeah. So um, so let's move on to the next topic, which is Chinese sci-fi. DJ, take it away. Ah, okay. So normally I've been talking about Hollywood movies, and this time for a change, I've decided to talk about an intro... a sci-fi movie in the world cinema front. A Chinese blockbuster movie known as The Wandering Earth. Looks re- the premise looks really cool. It's um, based off the Chinese um, science fiction author Liu Cixin's C- novel of the same name. And basically it's Earth might go into collision course with Jupiter and we must, and we must create a, a world engine to steer Earth away from, Jupiter's, from, the cra- from crashing to Jupiter. Basically. No, 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 no. Um, you've actually missed a, a big section there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they've put massive engines on one side of the Earth. I think they're, what's it, 14 kilometers high or something? <clears throat> but to turn the Earth into a giant spaceship to go to a, a new Earth, but because the sun's going to explode in a supernova or whatever it is, and... Um, but they're having troubles with the engines, which means it's likely to crash, crash into um, Jupiter. Like that uh, that episode of Futurama where mm. the robots cause global warming. <laughs> so basically, so basically, the story is a mix of Armageddon and a mix of Armageddon and some really creative writing. It's looking really. I'm actually liking the look of this. It's looking pretty cool. Yeah, when does it come out? I'm going to have to check this one out. It's already out. Uh, it came out in February no, February 9th. It came out. I can't see anywhere in the so, article. Where can I watch it? Sick. Come on, China. Don't keep this from me. Doesn't seem to say anywhere. Yeah, sick. Yeah, it came out on February 8th in uh, North America and Australia. Okay. But man, the box office, it's, it's making a killing out of it. Yeah, it says here that it's being marketed to the Chinese in Australia. So if you're not a member of that community, it might take some effort to get in front of a screen. So uh, it's at uh, points. Yep. Huh. Probably over in, I don't know, Sunnybank or um, Dara. Um. You, know the, you know the whole world engine um, concept? It reminds <coughs> me of an old, old um, toy line. I don't know whether you guys remember it called War Planets. No, but I have played games with the uh, concept of strapping rockets onto your planet to... Use it as a missile. Ah, oh, nice. There was a TV show as well called uh, Shadow Raiders. I'll post it up. And yeah, the War Planets um 
had that same concept, uh, which was basically world engines, and you can basically travel use that engine to travel to to other parts of the solar system. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. classic sci-fi idea. It's just unfortunately not um, not feasible because once you leave the orbit of well the solar system, you freeze to death. Although, you- hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In this, they yeah. have actually addressed that because they say that because the surface of the planet has frozen and all the atmosphere and everything's all gone, they've actually created um, huge living spaces below the surface. That's cool. So they have actually addressed that. So it's it's a proper clever um, sci-fi. We should um, yeah. see if we can find a place to go see it then. Um, it, I was just saying it's at Hoyt's. Um, it's they're at Sunnybank, Stafford, and Redcliffe. <coughs> Running time of 125 minutes. And strangely enough, even um, Rotten Tomatoes is giving this a good rating. I will say this though: that it's a pretty good concept, and this beats the America. This beats those sci-fi movies we see in America nowadays. Mm-hmm. You can actually. Although I do. Oh. <coughs> I'm just looking through the dates and times. We can see it on. We can see it on the extreme screen at Sunnybank. Extreme. That just sounds cool. <laughs> I think we, yeah. we we need to go do this. Yep, nerds amalgamated viewing party. Definite. Oh yeah, yeah, man, I'll be interested. All right, well, we'll uh, discuss how we're going to track it down and go see it after the show. So, um, let's move on to our next topic: the games we are playing this week. I've been playing Wargroove. Wargroove is uh, a. I've been playing the Nintendo Switch version. It's a turn-based strategy in the vein of. Uh, of course, I've forgotten the name of it now. Advance Wars. So it's not a dance party? No. <laughs> See, when I heard that name Wargroove, I was thinking, is the professor doing Dance Dance Revolution again? Again? I haven't even done it once. Yeah, it's um the groove is your commander's superpower. So in this um genre, this well this particular style, because it is extremely heavily influenced by Advance Wars your commander units have a particular power that charges up during the battle and then they can fire it off. And so one character has the ability to summon a unit in front of like next to them. One can heal nearby units, stuff along those lines. Mm -hmm. And in this case, that power is called a groove. Okay. I'm just looking at some of the um, information here. You can actually create your own maps. Yep. It's got a huge, um, content creation mode like really good quality compared to a lot of other games so you've got a map creator campaign campaign creator it gives you the ability to customize wind conditions and um how the like special rules for the level mm-hmm. i love the fact that when the characters are standing in one place it looks like they are actually dancing though yeah that's a um <laughs> oh i've just seen if you scroll down to the uh, on the web page for this game, if you scroll down to easily create your own maps, campaigns, and stories, mm-hmm. the guy on the right is actually dancing. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. Okay. But even in I, the little maps there, they've got the guys with the swords that are standing still, look like they're dancing as well. Yeah, it's a kind of um, <laughs> traditional visual effect in the game where in this genre where characters will sort of bob while they're um, on the map just to give it a bit of animation. Mm-hmm. But the best part is that one of the commanders is a dog. And if you, yeah. scroll, to the, if you scroll to the bottom of the page, he actually rolls over onto his back for a belly rub. Oh, he does? Yes, the dog has two bodyguards who fight with him. And <laughs> instead of attacking directly, the dog will 
order the bodyguards to fire their crossbows <laughs> and then he'll like he'll roll over for a belly scratch or uh, scratch his <laughs> ear and... I'm loving the look of this. That's from the same people who do Stardew Valley. So. Yeah, the same publisher. It actually borrows a race from Starbound. Okay. One of the races is the Florin, who are plant people, and um, their weaponry is based off Starbound. And one of the commanders is a Florin from Starbound, who I don't know if they reveal the backstory, but she's ended up on Earth. Well, not Earth, but on this planet, hanging out with the local Florin tribes. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm just looking through some of the bits here, and they got a comment from PC Gamer. Heck, it's a dog in the uniform. I'm sold. <laughs> and in the same area, they got a picture. You've got a dragon that looks similar to Toothless, but he's red and he's shooting fire. Yeah. So you get and... to ride. You get to ride dragons and have a dog as a general. Can this get any cooler? Do we get to pretend we're sharks and attack people as well? Um. I don't know if anyone has sharks. There might, there might be because there are seeds. Um, it's my switch. I think my sister's stolen my switch off me. Oh well. <laughs> I'll have a look later. But um, what I like about the units is that each faction has the same classes. So there's a swordsman, a spearman, an archer, and all of that. But um, they're all customized and themed based on the based on the faction. Mm-hmm. So f- the Florin knights ride fluffaloes, which are these cow-sized sheep. <laughs> and uh, one of the factions has, instead of dragons, they have robotic dragons. Okay. So it adds a lot of flavor to it that um, instead of just taking the tank and tinting it blue, you've got actual different uh, different units. <clears throat> this is looking really cool. I, I think I shall have to purchase this game. Yeah, and it's decently cheap for what what it's got. And it's, it's on uh, thirty bucks, I think, on Steam. So it's on Steam, but it doesn't say PC. It's Switch, Xbox, and PS4, and PC, obviously, since it's on Steam. Yeah, well, you can buy this on Steam. Yeah, I don't don't just assume that because Steam also does stuff for um, PS4 and Xbox. So do they? Okay. I thought they did, don't they? Um, I thought I saw that in one of the things with when I was purchasing the game. Um, I so, well, don't think there's a case where they have games that can't be played on PC. They might have some that have cross-play. Uh, that might have been one I saw. Okay. Uh, my other favourite bit, uh, each character, well, each faction has a dog unit who is um, basically the scout, and the Heavensong Empire's dog is a corgi. <laughs> But uh, I'm gushing about this a bit too much. So, what have you been playing, DJ? Um, I've been playing Apex Legends. So, I start. I installed it last week, and I started playing it. I uh, continue. I played a played a bit more this week, and I realized it's while the game is not it's battle royale in, in essence. It's not like the traditional battle royale games we see on PUBG, for example, where it's just slow, slow kill kind of thing. In Apex Legends, it's really fast-paced. It's really fast-paced, and it's it's similar to Overwatch in terms of you got the tank, the medic, and the DPS, basically. Yeah, I was uh, watching Achievement Hunter play it today, and um, it looks like a really fresh take on Battle Royale. <coughs> yeah. Although yeah. Um, I did hear news during the week as well that they are looking at bringing up um, I think it was solo maps and duo maps, and ah, also yes. increasing the size of the maps. Yeah, the map sick and tired of, small. Because people are getting sick and tired of just battle royale only games. So yeah, one thing yeah, I, think I heard about, about it, that too. The um the oh, sorry, I've lost that train of thought. Hey, I was thinking watching okay. Human Hunter that the game is heavily designed around the squad mechanics because you've got the ability to revive people who have died if you get to them in time. Um, like not just pick them up off the ground, but if you get to their body in time, you can pick up a token and then go and revive them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was watching so, um, someone play it. I was, actually, <laughs> I was actually quite impressed with the fact that you can 
do fast rapid slides down hillsides. Yeah, it's the Titanfall engine. So you've yeah. got all of the uh, movements from that. Yeah, it's look. It's it's looking quite promising. This. Yeah, it's a, it's a fresh. T- it I think <coughs> I will say this. This is one of the games that say it's saving EA at the moment. But as Buck said, it it they'll they they will slip up at one at one stage. Don't know when, but how? Yeah. Well, might be worth us getting together to play this sometime. There we and go, Nerds like, Amalgamated oh, yeah. Viewing Party and Nerds Amalgamated Gaming Party. Because the squad yeah. size is free <laughs> and there are three of us. And even more <coughs> impressive is the fact that there's actually more people playing this than there are playing Fallout 76. <laughs> even if it's only just the three of us turn up, there'd be more people in the world than there are in Fallout 76. Insert music in the background here for Lonely. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I loved I'm starting to love this game even more and yeah, it's just addictive. It's really addictive. How is the player count at the moment? Do you get into a match quickly? You get into a match very quickly, yeah. So um because I've been playing it on the PS4 and yeah, it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. It's I think was it like thousand there's a lot of people on queue and then it instantaneously you get get in, you get into a match. Okay. Um, I was reading something about this the other day, and it, I think they're saying that it's that there's a few million players already playing this particular yeah. game. Yeah, I was reading a discussion on uh, the subreddit sysadmin today about um, how they're doing their network infrastructure, and they've got millions. It's insane. Is it in China yet? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, no, I think it is. <laughs> No, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I was worried about. Like, if we if we go into a gameplay and we we get a group out of China, then we're not going to stand a chance because their 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 computer systems and support networks are apparently so far far advanced. Not that they're cheating; it's just that everything they're doing is so much better, according to the representative of a particular company who was in China. <laughs> Let's uh, stop making oh. enemies and getting ourselves on travel blacklists. So, uh, Bucky, <laughs> what have you been playing? Um, I've just been tooling around in Skyrim again. I just love running around killing bandits, dragons, and whatnot. Well, I think I'm actually going to go back and start it all over again and start fresh. If you do that, what uh, what sort of class will you play? Um. I think I'm going to have to do something that everyone always says they're going to do and go for a righteous knight where, with a two, two-handed sword and be, be in the, the terms of Dungeons & Dragons, lawful good. So I won't, be, I won't become the head of the Thieves Guild, all that sort of stuff. I give it 10 minutes before you're a stealth archer. <laughs> it's quite a possibility. For some reason, my archery skills always seem to go up faster than anything else, except my armory skill. Yeah. You um you enjoy many a true nerd, don't you? Yes, I do. He did a series, uh, must be a year, maybe two years ago now, of Skyrim Special Edition from when that came out, okay. where he specifically played as a... Um, he was His rule was never use a bow. Mm-hmm. And uh, that... That brought up some interesting gameplay there because um, a lot of people fall into the stealth archer trap and miss out on the well, the rest of the sword play and the magic. Mm-hmm. Well, with my character at the moment, I'm running. I can run around. I my stealth is at max, and so like I, I can sneak up. I do sneak knife attacks, and I get six times damage mm-hmm. or three times for just normal with the sword or whatever. And I'm dual wielding two swords instead of carrying a shield. And basically, if I do a stealth attack on pretty much everything, it's dead. It doesn't matter who it is. And I can sneak up on any everyone. Like they can be looking at me, <coughs> and they still miss me. You um, you eventually hit the point in um the Assassin's Guild quest, don't you? Where uh, you get a special dagger that gives you like. I think with all the buffs you can get, it stacks to 15 times damage if you sneak attack. Um, I've done the... You mean the Dark Brotherhood? Yeah. Um, I've done a few of the missions. I, like I haven't done all of them. 
but like my 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 kill rate is phenomenal. So <clears throat> yeah, it's I'm actually running into rooms with swords drawn just to have something to fight because I've 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 achieved basically god level. I'm sitting at was 80, 84 and a half on my level and nothing is taking me down. I've got um dragon scale armor that is I've got all sorts of special enchanted smithing gear that improve like i've got smithing at 100 percent and everything like that and then i got smithing gear that boosts all my um smithing abilities by an extra because i've got boots clothes hat gloves ring um a pick not two notch pickaxes yeah like all the bits and pieces it takes me up to an extra i think it's 200 percent yeah the old um smithing um enchanting loop yeah and then i got the i got potions that boost everything so yeah like i got drag like i got dragon scale armor so it's light light armor where it's like i'm three or five five hundred points on just the armor alone and then you got the helmet and boots and everything else so yeah i got attacked by a dragon and it was like i was suffering minimal damage and it was biting me and blasting me with fire and nothing was happening but here's the important question what do you get to the cloud district often (laughs) (laughs) actually um quite quite often i i joined the um storm cloaks and sacked the cloud district nice but uh we are getting towards the end of our episode so let's go on with the shout outs for this week let's so on the 16th of April, 2018, um, uh, is this a birthday or a death or? Um, which one are we looking at? Uh, Gary Larson, the Fagamizer. Oh, no, this is a special shout out. Um, okay, because I Gary... thought the, I thought Farside finished years ago, but um, anyway, so the. Uh, it, it, it finished years ago, but it's just been acknowledged. Um, Gary Larson did a cartoon years ago where he's got cavemen standing there in, you know, watching a kind of an educational thing where they're talking about the different parts of dinosaurs or something. And the guy at the front's pointing at a picture with a rod and saying, and we call this spiky piece a thagomizer and after um, Thag um, Simpson or something like that, I think it was who was recently squashed by the by this part of the stegosaurus and the name actually caught on like in that particular like the spiky tail of the stegosaurus didn't actually have a name until gary larson named it in the cartoon and the name just caught on amongst scientists and they just started using that name that's pretty cool it is so that's so, why he's got a special shout out we also have one uh, a little bit of news here. Hayao and his son Goro Miyazaki are making two new Studio Ghibli movies for all of the uh, the weebs out there. Hey, settle on. Fight me. I will if you can pick it on <laughs> Studio Ghibli. I'll gut you in not a nice way. <laughs> DJ, don't encourage him. On the 11th of February, uh, Final Fantasy VIII, turn 20. A little bit mm-hmm. overshadowed by its more famous uh, sibling, Final Fantasy VII. I've actually got it, but um, I never got around to playing it. I should pull out my old PlayStation and see if it works. What? The PlayStation or the game? Both. <laughs> and um, a bit of sad news. The death of the Opportunity Rover. Today, NASA announced that the Opportunity mission has ended after eight months of, the, of no contact with the rover. It was buried in dust by a uh, large dust storm late last year, or in the middle of last year, and NASA's been trying ever since to get get onto it, but it's gone. It's probably in protest because they told it was only they they told Opportunity when they sent it up there. You're only going to be up there for not working for ninety days, and then you can just do whatever you want after that. Fifteen years later, they're still working. The poor fellow. Yep. No weekends. No long service leave. That or the aliens kidnapped it. Yeah, I reckon 
Well, that's a possibility. The um, penguins might be up there and using it as a joy as a go kart. <laughs> Those little bastards. <laughs> and, um, in the other remembrances for this week, we have Albert Finney, who died on the seventh of February this year. Who was uh, Kincaid in Skyfall and was in uh, other movies like Annie, Aaron Brockovich, Big Fish. And the Bourne movies mm-hmm. died of a chest infection at 82 in London. And on the 12th of February, 1804, Emmanuel Kant died. The man who can't tell you his last name. <laughs> Little uh, room <laughs> shot there, please. He's <laughs> um, famous for transcendental idealism, where he argued that space, time and causation are mere sensibilities and that the nature of things is unknowable. He died of uh, poor health at 79 in Königsberg, Prussia. And also on the 12th of February, 1909, the, um, a non-funny penguin mention, the worst maritime disaster of the 20th century took place when the ferry SS Penguin uh, struck a rock in Wellington Harbour in New Zealand and sank with 75 deaths. And then on the 14th of February, 1779, Captain James Cook was killed at the age of 50 in Kealakua Bay in Hawaii by the natives who he had a bit of a spat over a boat with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they detailed his death as he was first clubbed to death by the village chief and then stabbed by the chieftain's assist- attendants. Yeah, well, he, um, they'd taken one of his boats and he went to kidnap their king as a ransom to get the boat back and then like while he was leading the king out they realized what was going on and they're like hold on that's not okay and then they started killing him (coughs) and they were called the sandwich islands at the time lunchy sandwich islands (laughs) sandwich eh? they they did eat him too they were cannibals (laughs) did they i i didn't realize they ate him i thought they just uh buried him i thought they ate him i might be mistaken but yeah they were cannibals so i i have heard that they did eat Makes sense. Uh, yeah, a lot of cannibalism going on in that part of the world at the time. Um, yeah, for birthdays, we have on the 12th of February, 1809, Charles Darwin, who is famous for the theory of evolution. I have a copy of his book. Um, it's The Origin of Species on my bookshelf right now. It's a big book. And yeah. also on the 12th of February, 1980, Christina Ricci, the actress uh, from the Adams Family movies and is known for playing unconventional characters with a dark edge, was born in Santa Monica, California. On the 13th of February, 1923, we have the man with the right stuff, Chuck Yeager, who set, was the first one to fly over the speed of sound. You had to be pretty crazy to, um, to go and try that back then. <sighs> Especially... Um, they had a couple of crashes approaching the speed of sound because it turns out once you get up around the speed of sound, the um, inputs on the stick get reversed by because of a weird quirk in how well how the air interacts with the wing at that speed. Mm-hmm. Then on the 13th of February 1950, Peter Gabriel, the English singer who was the lead singer of Genesis. And he also played with uh, Phil Collins, didn't he? That's what you yeah, were telling me last night, was... but it's not in the notes here. That is Genesis. Oh, okay. So that's my knowledge of uh, 70s rock bands. And 80s. And 90s. <laughs> yeah, I know plenty of 80s. Um, but then to wrap up this week are events of interest. All three of them on the 12th of February in 1947, the last... Uh, I can never remember how to pronounce it. The Qing Emperor Qing? of China. Qing, is it? Okay, Qing Emperor of China. Yeah. Huyi abdicates the throne after losing the support of the Chinese people. On the, um, and then in 1961, Venera 1 was launched. This was the first uh, Russian attempt to send a probe to Venus. They lost uh, contact with it before it even got to Venus. Then in 2001, the near-Earth asteroid rendezvous uh, near Shoemaker touched down on 
433 Eros becoming the first spacecraft to land on an asteroid. And that's uh, all of our all of our topics for tonight. So you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes. Contact us at nAmalgamated on Twitter or at our Gmail account, nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. Come and say hi. You can also find us on Twitter at n.amalgamated at n.amalgamated. Sorry. I said that. Ah, right. My mistake. Yep. Anything else you want to repeat, DJ? Oh, uh, I was going to say another thing. Is it n.amalgamated? Yep. (laughs) And I'm going to set this one up. See ya, guys. Now you're going to repeat me again. <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, not to mention today's Valentine's Day, and I think no, I'm safe to say no one won the contest. Yep. Yes. No one has won. Nobody, nobody took us up on the offer of taking the DJ on a date. Uh, no one won it. Uh, well, we, we did try, DJ. Sorry. As always, next year. Uh-huh. If you do want to take the DJ out on a date, we want to make <laughs> you wait till next year. <laughs> but anyway, that's all from us. So we'll see you next week. See you guys. Yeah, he repeated me again. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.